Hey, Jub. Hey, again. All right, we're going to do something different. We're going to talk about Mountain Dew. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. <laughs> so, um... How many how many how many flavors of Mountain Dew are there? We got we got Mountain Dew. We got Diet Mountain Dew. Right. Uh, Code Red, and that has a diet as well. Right. I don't think any of the other flavors have diets. They do not. But there's there's the Blue Voltage. Yeah. Whiteout. Yeah. Live Wire. Live Wire. Uh, the Game Fuel that's not called Game Fuel anymore. It's just Mountain Dew, and then it's citrus cherry flavor. Yeah. But then there's something called Game Fuel now that comes in a couple different flavors, but they're exclusive to cans, rebranded as an energy drink, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, what else am I forgetting? I think Pitch Black got discontinued. I think uh, Baja Blast still exists, but not in stores. It's just at Taco Bell. Yeah. Uh, there's an exclusive Mountain Dew that is peach flavored at KFC. I hate that I know all of this. There's one at Sam's Club. There's one at Sam's Club that is flavored like capitalism. I don't know what the flavor is. <laughs> but yeah. what I'm trying to say is there's a lot and there's a lot that are discontinued and there's a lot that just keep getting like floating into the Mountain Dew economy and back out of the Mountain Dew economy. Yeah. <laughs> Pepsi are are just madmen and they just com- keep making weird shit. So so this past July they came out with the flavor um for the 4th of July, that was apparently 50 flavors combined, one for each state. And they didn't disclose what any of those flavors were. Uh, as a result, it kind of just tasted like nothing. <laughs> I don't even know if it tasted like one flavor. But I can't resist when a new stupid soda comes to the market. I'm just like, ooh, give me that. And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, ha- Halloween. Sp- spooky time coming. Sp- spooky time impending. Spooky time impending. It is on its way. So there's a Halloween Mountain Dew out there called Voodoo. That's a pun. Really? That's a pun. If that's, you're uh, that's a pun. Oh, I was that was that was lost on me when I first heard about it because someone just said Voodoo, and I didn't put together that it was going to be spelled V O O D E W. And once I found that out, I would I just. Of course it fucking is. I, like, I spiked the pop in the middle of the store and then left. No, I'm just kidding. I, I bought it. Uh, but like, <laughs> So here's here's the weird thing about this. It is a mystery flavor. It is uh it looks like white out. Doesn't taste like white out. Um I really am not sure what it tastes like. You tried a bit of it. What did you think it tasted like? Tasted like Skittles. Skittles? Yeah. What, what kind of Skittles? Just like Skittles in general. Like all the Skittles? Yeah. Like if you just took a hand, like if you just put the whole bag in your mouth and chewed. Yeah, sure. Well, that's chaotic, but all right. That sounds like the last one they made that was 50 flavors. But um, I, I think it kind of tastes like it's candy-esque. Yeah, for sure. But what candy? Do you know? Mm-hmm. So here's 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 where we get into the interesting shit. Uh, the lore, the Mountain Dew oh, lore, oh, if great. you will. Okay. Uh, I've been perusing the Reddits. I've been perusing the uh, Twitters uh, to see what people think the mystery flavor is. And uh, a couple years ago, maybe a year ago, uh, Mountain Dew decided to use college students as their uh, test rats and uh, just just let loose three weird flavors on their college populace <laughs> i i i think at random colleges i know one of them is uh near us kent state 
Ohio. Yes, that was one of them. Uh, and this is where the infamous, notorious Doweedos first appeared, which is just as disgusting as it sounds, apparently. Uh, it is Mountain Dew, which is flavored like Doritos and is orange. And, and that sounds that sounds terrible. That sounds awful. Yeah, I don't want to do that ever. I don't think cheese should be a drink. No. <laughs> I know milk exists, but that's not necessarily the that's same thing. That's not the same thing. <laughs> but, not even a little bit. But one of those flavors, because there was three, Doritos notwithstanding, uh, one of those was Rainbow Sherbert, allegedly. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, we weren't there. We were uh, fucking college. <laughs> <laughs> fuck what, do you, what do you think we're nerds? Yeah, what, the, what the fuck is wrong with you, huh? Oh my god, I'm so poor. Anyway, uh, oh help! I can't afford ramen. <laughs> help! One of the flavors was rainbow sherbet. Yeah, uh, allegedly from several people, this is what voodoo is. It is a rainbow sherbet flavor, uh, and I could kind of see it. But, like, I, I don't know. Because it's a drink and not Rainbow Sherbert, uh, it, and it, it's different, and I can't tell if that's actually what it is or not. Because the weird thing about pop is you could probably tell anybody it's a flavor, and they'll probably just make it feel like that in their mouth if you just suggest right. it to them real hard. Like, if you told me Voodoo was candy corn flavored... I'd be like, well, not quite, but I could kind of see it. If you told me it was candy apple flavor, I'd be like, well, not quite, but I could see it. If you told me it was a bag of Skittles that I found on the ground flavor, I'd be like, yeah, well, not quite, but I could see it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it could be anything. It doesn't taste enough like uh, like squirrel shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. if I, If you're listening, Pepsi... Stop jerking us around. Just actually flavor your Mountain Dew like something. You don't have to just pull these shenanigans where you're like, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's one. 50 flavors. Who knows what those flavors are? I think we just scraped the bottom of the Mountain Dew barrel mm -hmm. and just threw it into the remaining soda bottles at the factory. I, I mean, like, come on, guys. You can do better than this. I will accept your apology in the form of bringing Pepsi Blue back, which I don't even know if it was good. I just want it again so I can remember if it was good. Don't ever bring Crystal Pepsi back, though. That shit sucks. Fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. Please don't. <laughs> remember we were all like, oh, yeah, Crystal Pepsi coming. It's fucking and then, awful. Oh, my God. No, I don't even know please. what the fuck. That, hmm. Never again. Nah. Never a fucking again. Crystal Pepsi, more like crystal meth. Ho ho! My beverage of choice, crystal fucking meth. Ooh, that was a good joke. Give me a fucking Netflix special. That's the brand of comedy we got going here. Now, you're not a... Bad comedy. You're not making fun of marginalized people enough. Well, give it time. It'll become come soon enough. <laughs> We gotta watch a couple more Temple of Dooms and then we'll get there. We'll get there. <sighs> Start the show somehow! No. I won't. I won't start the show. Well, that, that sucks, but I respect your decision.
everybody, welcome to the Gen and Chubb show, that's Gen. Hello, it is me, Zachary I'm Allen Genhart. Chubb. That's him. I'm Chubb. I'm Chubb. Wow, this is better than that new Chance I'm Chubb. album. That's really good. Hi, I'm Chubb. Hi. Today we're going to talk about <laughs> video games. You doing okay there? I malfunctioned for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And talk about video games. Since when? Now. Have we ever done that on this show? Not once. I don't think talk so. About, talk about video games, though. And then we're going to talk about indie. We're going to talk about some other bullshit. I don't know. What, why am I prefacing this with shit and you're just going to listen to the show anyway? If you're going to quit listening to the show, goodbye. Fuck off. I don't care about you. Not to say you're listening to the show or, and or give me some fucking money. I don't, I don't want to talk to you. All right, so anyway. Anyway, I played some new video games. <laughs> God, edgy <laughs> Justin, tell us about the video game you played as if I care about your opinion after you just fucking nationally decried our entire audience. Our entire audience doesn't want to listen to our show. Of five people. I, and I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> our entire audience doesn't want to listen to our show. Well, so if you probably not at this point. Show, so if you didn't want to listen to our show and or give me money. But if they didn't want to, they wouldn't. Be right, so they're not right hearing you, right? You egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone anyway, played, can hear uh, what I say. I play Monster Hunter World. Yeah, uh, that nice game world. already came out, Justin. You Sorry. snooze, you lose, idiot. The expansion. The oh, the expansion that did just come out. It Good did, job. It did us come out. It did come out. It did last night. How is it? It's amazing. Cool. It's, it is. It's good shit. All right, so this expansion to Monster Hunter World follows the trend of other Monster Hunter games where you have a higher ranking of monsters that are, like, dummy difficult, and it's called G-Rank. I was trying to remember what letter was associated and in, with uh, it. this game, they just, like, called it Master Rank, but it's the same thing. Instead of G? Yeah. But sure, whatever. That's fine. They call it Master Rank. And okay. it's similar to other Monster Hunter games. It's uh, you know it's a whole new breath of monsters and different versions of other monsters for you to fight and get some really dope, super strong gear. And it all looks cool too, and that's the best part. The armor, the armor in this game looks good. There's some good, good shit. Even the super early stuff that usually makes you look dumb in most other Monster Hunter games. It looks real good here. Awesome. There's uh one of the new monsters in the game. His name is Bonboro. He's a big old like, elk. Goat boy? Goat elk thing. Yeah. I saw you guys fighting him. Big horn snow. Very big, yes. Mm. That guy. Yeah. Makes a really badass looking armor out of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about it. And I made it. And then I made I made a hawing horn, which is like a little little duty hammer thing. Looks like a looks like a backpipe sometimes. Depends on how what you build off of it. But it plays music. Up to, okay. You hit things. You hit things while playing music at the same time, and the music like buffs up your party. Oh, okay. It's really cool, actually. Monster Hunter's got some cool ass weapons. No shortage of that in this game. Mm. They also had a new mechanic called the Clutch Claw, which is my personal favorite part about the game so far. Is you can uh, shoot this grappling hook at a monster. And it pulls you on top of them, and then you can do these special attacks on them. Oh, cool. That's, but when you do that, it also softens up that part of the body you clip to. And then when you hit it, it does more damage. 
So it sets you and your party up to focus specific spots of a monster and then beat the hell out of it. And it's awesome. You, you get into like situations where somebody puts one right and everybody actually hits that spot. You just fuck the monster up. It's really cool. Dang. And some new strategies. You could also use it to get out of get out of bad situations. Just clip onto the monster when it's about to swing a big attack at you. It's like, oh, oh, this monster's about to do this big ass attack on I me. Mean, let me clip to its side so I avoid it because I'm on the monster instead of in front of it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool stuff like that. It is really neat, and I like it a lot. I haven't played too much of it yet. I've only done about, I've only fought about five different monsters so far. Okay, which is nowhere. I'm hearing there's a lot. And uh, oddly enough, because I don't care about spoilers and because I listen to a lot of podcasts of, of you know, people that play Vidiro games. Right. Uh, I've actually maybe got spoiled several things that you might not even know. That's very possible. Which is interesting I, to I me. went into this not knowing a lot. I would okay say that, that that's probably for the best. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things that have already surprised me. What other monsters have you fought? So there's the there's the snow shark thing. Yeah, I fought that. I fought the snow shark thing. I fought the I fought the snow elk. Yeah. And then after that, I fought. Uh, it's called coral puke puke. It's like that other monster. It's called puke puke. It's like a green little forest guy. Okay. With a big tongue, and he's really shit out of its tail, and it's really weird. Is it like a frog? Like a lizard? Yeah, it's like a lizard. Okay, in the snow? No. Oh, okay. It's not in the snow. They add they add other monsters to other areas too. Right, they added other okay. other variants of monsters to the main areas of the game too. So you're not just in the ice area. Okay. And that one's really neat because it's like it looks because it's called coral puke puke. It looks like it has a coral. It's reef made colors. out of coral. It just has coral reef oh, colors, okay. right? And it looks a little bit different, but it shoots water. Oh. And like has this thing where it like uses because it shoots water out of its tail. And then it uses that to, like, propel itself in the air and then shoot shit at you. It's really fucking funny. Okay. This is a cool monster. Produces some cool-looking gear. You get a nice nice little cool, like, feather cap you can get from, from killing him. You can craft. That's pretty cool. And the uh, the other one I got was... Uh, I, forget, I forget the name. It's something... Paul. I forget how to pronounce this monster's name. But what is it like? Pamulu? Palomulu? Pikachu. Yeah. Agumon. It's a it's a big like it's like a rodent face looking thing, but it like puffs up and floats in the air and gets like real mad. <laughs> okay, so it is a Pokemon. Basically. Alright. Yeah. Mm. That thing is pretty cool. It's a variation one that's old. I also saw the new uh the new Anjanath variation just while I was out and about, which happens sometimes in Monster Hunter. Monsters will just appear and be like, oh fuck. Huh. And it's, uh, it's an electric... Because in the engine, that's that big dinosaur monster. It's on the cover of the regular game. Yeah, okay. Sure. And uh, this one's, a, like, electric and shit. And it's so it is a terrifying. Pikachu. Yeah, okay. but, it's, but it's a T-Rex. Uh, well, it's, I mean... Okay, I guess that's not Pikachu. No. It's but it's t- still Pikachu. It's a, it's a lightning T-Rex. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is spooky! That's going to be in the next Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Just, yeah, just put Anjanath in it. No, we're, we have to get to the Gremlins 2 point where, like, they have superpowers. Mm, you understand? Okay. I, Which we're almost at because, like, the they know that they're in a movie by now. So, like, <laughs> they, they, uh, they have powers of forethought we never uh, envisioned. So maybe we'll get Electric T-Rex in the next one. Yeah. That, mm. that's I haven't gotten too far in it yet. I'm, I will definitely talk more about it next week 
Uh, the story is kind of bland so far, but I heard I heard it gets interesting. So mm, okay, we'll see how it goes. It's probably just like, hey, we found new area. Let's go to it. Yeah, that's what. And it's then been they so did, far. and then they're like, they're monster, and right. then they fight them. Right, that's kind of what it's been so far. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't necessarily need Monster Hunter to have a yeah, the plot big is story is Monster up, Hunter, yeah, right? It's stripped the least important thing about that game. That would make sense. That yeah. Most important thing is the monsters and hunting them and all the gear you can craft and playing with your friends. Okay, that's the jam. The other thing that me and you both did. Oh yeah, I could talk about this one. We for sure. the new Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC dropped and it's Banjo Motherfucking Kazooie boys, and we played the fuck out of that I'm excited. Yeah, he is so good. He's it's a, a good boy. It's a big deal for Ken Hart, who's I mean, a giant banjo fan. I mean, like, I've I've said what my favorite game of all time is on this podcast multiple times. That's Resident Evil Four, but number two, Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie, hell yeah! Ever since I was a kid playing that shit, I was like, damn, this is something special. This is like Mario sixty four if uh, it was better. Yeah, I'll make that call out. No, Mario 64 is better than Mario 64 is probably my third favorite game, actually. I'm, it's it's I'm better than it's, it's definitely better than Banjo. I fucking love Mario 64, don't don't get me wrong. I, I just feel like uh in terms of like level design and uh, music, Banjo has it beat. I think overall control might go to Mario. It's very smooth for a game from that era. Yeah, absolutely. Which is bizarre. It, like it still holds up in a way. Which I can't really say that of a lot of games from the N64 Banjo Kazooie included. Um, it's definitely way smoother on your Xbox. Right. Which is <laughs> funny. Fucking uh, so the direct was fantastic. And they shadow dropped Banjo, and that was great. And then they uh, had a uh, discussion with Sakurai, uh, showing how to play as Banjo, and he uh <laughs> He was all like, Banjo-Kazooie is owned by Microsoft, so I know that I work at Nintendo, and I'm not supposed to say this, but please play Banjo-Kazooie on the Xbox One. <laughs> and it was like, it. damn, dude. Uh, <laughs> but like, hey, whatever, they're nice enough to let you use the character, fucking help sell their game. Right, sure. Uh, apparently, that uh, led to a lot of looking into that on the Japanese side of things, because uh, Banjo is obviously more popular here than in Japan. Way more popular. But there are still some Japanese people that know, of course. But now that he's in Smash Brothers, a lot more people are caring, a lot more people are looking back and rediscovering a classic, which is nice. I'm glad. Uh, Smash has long done that for us. You know, they gave us Marth and Roy before we even had a fucking Fire yeah. Emblem game. Yeah, and then I'd send, because of that, I bought a Fire Emblem game when mm. it came out. Me and my brother did, and we played it, and, we, and he liked it a lot, and I never played it. And then, then like, many years later, I bought Fire Emblem Awakening, and I played that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I personally think it's made me interested in a lot of things that I wasn't interested in beforehand. Yeah. Uh, one of those is happening right now uh, with fucking Terry Bogard joining the roster in November. Uh, I personally ain't a huge fan of King of Fighters and Fatal Fury and all that stuff, but I'm yeah. a fan of fighting games, and now I'm looking into that shit, and I'm going like, oh, this is a cool little corner that I haven't really invested a lot Those of time in. Those games are really sweet. 
I they had a lot of cool characters. Uh, oddly enough, I feel like a lot that are cooler than Terry. But I understand yeah. that Terry's like the big one. Well, that, Terry's like, the, the iconic is the mascot one. of SNK. Right. So if you're gonna put somebody in the game from SNK, it has to be Terry. Yeah, that makes sense. It just has to be. <laughs> it's like the yeah, Street Fighter. Like you had to put Ryu in. Well, yeah, of course. You didn't. You were. You aren't gonna put fucking E Honda in it. No, it's gonna be Ryu. That would be a weird choice. But I would welcome it. <laughs> That'd be insane. Uh, put Zanjeef in Smash. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Banjo feels great to control. He looks great. I love all of his moves. I love playing as him. And I'm so happy to say that. Because I was a little worried that, like, maybe he would be shitty. Just because, I, I mean, like, they obviously put a lot of care into these characters, but, like, certain things can happen. Like, you know, uh, for instance, Bayonetta and Smash 4 became so broken that it was, like, the only character you should play as in that game. Yeah, it was really bad. Competitive uh, was horrible. Which sucks. And then, uh, right now, Hero, you know, I'm not a Dragon Quest guy, but Hero is kind of, like, gimmicky and strange, and yeah. I don't know who actually wants to play as him, but... Not many. I mean, it's... I don't personally feel like Banjo goes in either direction. He's no, just a solid middle-of-the-road character. He's a very on... Like, what I like about Banjo a lot is he's, the way his character works is very honest. And what I yeah. mean by that is there's no, there's no crazy RNG. There's no, like, special power-up move that happens. You know what Banjo does very quickly. It doesn't benefit a lack of skill. No. But it doesn't reward a high skill necessarily i, I mean think it, it still could does. it could but not as much as other characters i i should say like let's say I, I like actually comparing him more to the like how mario works in this game okay where but mario is a little more combo based than banjo but it's a very very concise laid out move set and everything kind of presents its utility to you at face value which is really cool for people who like like you who are really getting into Smash now because of this. I mean, I always... I already was, but now I'm going to dedicate a lot of time since, like, one of my favorite characters of all time is in the game. Right, it makes I sense. I fucking love that series. Uh, and I'm super happy with its stage. I, it's probably not good for competitive because no stage in Smash Brothers is... <laughs> That one's um, weird as fuck. That one is weird. It has this weird, like, fucking, like, come here if you want to die little corner when it rotates. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you can get fucking jettisoned off the side of it. But uh, I, I might just play FD on that occasionally because the music is so goddamn good. I like playing good. the Battlefield version a lot, actually. Oh, the music is so goddamn good. Uh, have you seen the Battlefield version of that stage? It looks super cool. I have not. I will check it out. Yeah, eventually. it looks super cool. It's actually really well done. All right. It's worth playing on. I absolutely love the music. Uh, Grant Kirkhope, one of my favorite music mans of all time, uh, composer of all the music from Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, and countless other games, mostly for Rare over the years. Yes. Uh, did a new song for this, a remix of Spiral Mountain. All the other ones are either old songs of his that they just put right in, or versions of songs that he made that are now redone by the Smash music team to be, I guess, more lively and to fit a fighting game as yeah. opposed to the game that Banjo-Kazooie yeah, is. they're just remixes. And it, they work so well. They're very uh, well done. I, I'm big props to them. 
I particularly like the one for the main theme that adds like a trap beat to it for fucking whatever reason, but it's so good. <laughs> I think as far as all the DLC characters have been great so far, like as far as design and everything like that. I like Banjo the most so far. As far as uh, I'm biased, design so. philosophy, attention to detail, and like the way the characters animated. Well, so far, if you're a diehard fan of any of these franchises, they've nailed it for you. No, oh, absolutely, I would they've say. nailed it for every single one. Fucking, they, they managed to put a character in Smash Brothers that has a command menu for hero. That's fucking nuts. And yeah, they pulled yeah. it off reasonably, like. It's not... Hero is not overpowered. You notice the conversation about that's died down quite considerably. Well, people... I mean, you know, day one, of course, that's going to be the the big conversation. Yeah. And the, the big conversation about Banjo day one is funny. Everyone was just like, damn, he good! Uh, and then, like... Everyone's so happy. No like, one mad. It's yeah, good. It's like, damn, this is a good character. <laughs> and then just kind of, like, moved on with their lives. So they added another character to Smash. Kind of. <laughs> they announced one. No. Oh. I'm talking about oh. Sans. Sans Undertale, Sans Undertale. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, would have never, never guessed in a million goddamn years. I think an interesting happen. result of this... What is the competitive ruling on the Mii Fighters? Like, are they allowed to yeah. be played? They're allowed... Uh, there's somebody... Actually, there was a tournament that just happened uh, a couple days ago where somebody used Sans. Really? In bracket. Yeah, because you could use the Mii's. I think this is going to start happening a lot just because Sans and Undertale is people are gonna learn. so goddamn popular that people are actually going to dedicate time to learning the Me Gunner. Gunner character. Yeah, I think so. Which has been mostly ignored. Yeah, there's only like um, one person like like good old Hugs. Okay. The melee player plays Samus. He's play, he plays Me Gunner in Ultimate. Okay. That's the only player I guess I that makes sense because there's similar mechanics at play. Ooh, right. He's the um, only per, he's the only character I can think person I can think of that plays that character at all. I mean, I'm kind of interested in the uh, the Me characters because like you could make some funny ass Me's, but and you could download some now. I like that aspect of it. The creative aspects of Smash that they've added since uh, further patches have been actually really good. Um, mostly used for shit posting, like the stage creator. Yeah, but it's still fun. God, there were so many Sans memes that I was seeing as a result because we were looking at like the most popular memes that people uploaded, and they were like all Sans except like a couple that had a different head. One that was Peter Griffin, and it was just right. called Peter Sans. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> mad. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off! This is stupid. But uh, yeah, like just because. It actually completely obscures the meanness of the character's face. That actually might get a lot of play, because it actually looks like Sans. Yeah, it looks like Sans um, with a gun. Yeah, which I guess is the only way you're able to do that character, because, like... Yeah, you can't, make, you can't make him a brawler. It's kind of like... That. I mean, if you're going to do it justice and make him a whole character, there's a lot you could do. But I also don't know how successful it would be, because, like, yeah. do you have him have a voice? Do you have him... How does he move when he's like? I, I'm glad that they just went with like it's a costume. I think this is a good middle ground. That's the have. best way to go. I'm about okay it. with it. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the other ones they added are actually cool too. I like the rocket costumes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, Shit's yeah. Neat. The team rocket costumes are cool. Zero. That's yeah. Nice. Um, I hope they keep doing those because sometimes it's an interesting way to get other shit into the game. But speaking of that, they're, they announced that they're going to basically do a season two. We don't know of DLC characters. We don't know like exactly what that entails yet. If it'll actually be 
we get the fighter five and then five more characters or if it's less or if it's like intermittently released intermittently released like we don't know but i would like to, i would probably be thinking that it's going to be another season yeah, like of five, five characters. characters supported all the way like new characters all the way through the end of 2020 so i have a question for you then yeah we've reached the point where all these characters are in smash yeah what are the remaining six, if this is what we're going off of? I think um, there's a there's a couple couple companies and shit that need reps. I think so too. I think um, uh, I think we need a, a goddamn Tekken rep. You know, Smash is a fighting game, and I like when it gets representatives you've from gotten, the fighting game. You've series. gotten a lot of the other major fighting game franchises in there now. You got Street Fighter. You got. King of Fighters. Yeah, those are two big hitters. Those are two big ones. I would say the other two that are big that I could see getting reps and probably should get reps, Tekken and mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I would. I, I agree, um, actually. I would love to see fucking Scorpion and then, God, I don't know. I have I a... King. <laughs> King? Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, they wouldn't choose King in a million years. <laughs> no. Uh, I can't wait to see the because whenever they announce a new character and it's not like Sora, the, the the Smash community is stupid about it and they're like, "Who's this idiot anime guy with the hat? What a wasted character slot." That's why it was probably smart of them to come out and say, "Yeah, we're doing more DLC characters," because the conversation about Terry kind of shifted once it was kind of leaked into people complaining that it was a waste of a roster spot, quote-unquote, which I don't agree. Not I think all. this is a good choice it's because great. it represents a big fighting game company that mm-hmm. is important Very to fighting important. games. Like, And Smash is a fighting game, but Smash players don't always play other fighting games because it's bigger than that. Um, so Lots, A lot of people just play Smash. Yeah, I know. That's kind of what I'm saying. So it, it's kind of unfortunate that the reality of that kind of leads to there to be jaded fans who just want their favorite uh, Final Fantasy character and nothing else. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think you're getting Sora. Yeah. You already have Square Enix represented twice with a Final Fantasy character and a Dragon Quest character. I think I think that's it for Square Enix. Yeah, I really. You think have the so. two major franchises of theirs covered. Yeah, you're done. I can see another Capcom rep. Absolutely. If there's good, I can. There's a couple different mm. things I could see. From Capcom. So I I know what I'm going to say. The next six are. I'm just kind of considering which way I want to go. But I think the next... So the next one is... I know what I think it's going to be. Okay. And that is Dante. I could see it. Now, I was initially thinking, like, what was another Capcom franchise? Well, probably their most popular franchise is Resident Evil. But I don't see us getting a Resident Evil rep because it would just be a character that just shoots. And I, I think they would want to avoid that. Not necessarily. Look at... Yeah, not necessarily, but I think that... Look at the way Jill Valentine could be, works in Marvel's Capcom. Yeah, that's true. But it could be something that they want to avoid and they might want to strike a more happy medium with like, well, if we don't want to put in an overly gun-centric character, let's just put in Dante from Devil May Cry. Still a horror franchise, still Capcom, still has a huge fan base. I can't wait for Bayonetta with a sword. Uh, I, uh, I'm i down. Like, okay, whenever there's a sword character announced for Smash, the community gets upsetty because it's a sword fighter. You know how you do that without them being upset? 
it's Dante. That no one will give a shit. No one no, will complain that he's care. another sword character. No one will say shit. Yeah, Not a damn care. soul. Right. Be like, holy fuck, Dante from the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. You can actually Let's put it go. on the label and Knuckles I, I as would an put assist it, trophy. I would put it on, on a box. Yeah, dude. The game. Yeah, dude. Walk into GameStop with a mm. bunch of stickers. I would stick it on every every display copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Now, I know what I said about gun characters, but I think an actual probable likely possibility, the more I think about it, is Doom Man from Doom. The Doom guy. Doom guy would be very interesting. I, I mean, his character himself, like because Doom is a FPS, isn't iconic as it were but i think bethesda wants a rep and i think they want it bad and i don't know who you put besides that it's id but bethesda's acting like they own and created id (laughs) so that's and he's gonna have a giant huge big selling game this year all the re-releases seem to have done well too uh i i think it just makes sense and they could do it in a way that's not overly violent and yeah. they could even have, like, I want his stage to just be Doom graphics from the original Doom. And then, like, there's little demons that pop up that, like, are the Doom demons from the original Doom. And they make the noises and shit. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. That'd be great. Thinking in terms of that, I think that that would actually make sense as a pick. But I don't know what his moveset would be. But there's enough, like, weapons in Doom that I think you could make an interesting spot out of it. Without it being too just like, I shoot you with a shotgun kind of feeling. Right. Um, we'll see. Uh, an Overwatch rep isn't out of the question. No, definitely not at all. I think an Overwatch rep is. We talked about this being potentially what Character 4 would be before it happened because everybody was talking about it. Um, Overwatch coming to the Switch definitely helps it out, but I feel like yeah. Overwatch, Overwatch is as far as like. Being iconic goes is probably the most of that in this generation. Mm-hmm. I think Overwatch is probably the most like pop culture friendly iconic game of this console generation. So if we're going with a rep from them, like you kind of say Diva. Diva would be the as far as character design goes and making something unique. Diva would be the best option. I would say so because Tracer might just feel like. All Tracer would do Sonic is it's zip around. Or better Sonic. Yeah, all depending. Tracer would do is like z- just zip around and like be annoying. Where <laughs> like Diva, an Overwatch. Diva, you can have a whole thing with her mech. And like her mech can have its like a health bar. Yeah, and then she could have a then, limited moveset outside of the mech once it like explodes or right. whatever. She's like um, pretty she's like more powerful than normal inside the mech, but then once yeah. once the, the mech gets damaged enough, she has to get out of it. And then she's kind of like just, she's like Zero Zoot Samus, but sucks. Sure, that would be fine. Uh, so that's Activision Blizzard yeah. if they get a rep. But I think Activision will want a rep all to themselves. Which would be Crash Bandicoot. Which would be Crash Bandicoot. Right. And also, I feel like he deserves to be in the game. Because then you could have the biggest mascots in gaming history all together in one game. Yeah, that'd be Mario, sick. Sonic, Pac-Man. Crash Bandicoot. Those are probably the four. Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe there's other ones that could maybe steal that spot from Crash, but, like, I mean, come on. He's really big now with the re-releases and and the microtransaction game (laughs) that I play. But uh, I I think it would just make too much sense to put him in the game. 
Alternatively, I guess you could do Spyro, but I feel like Crash would come first in terms of getting a pick. Do you think they they don't do another Nintendo character for the rest of them? No, not at all. I, I, if I they agree. do, it's the last one, and it's like a joke. It's Toad. And it's like Toad or Waluigi. Please make it Toad. <laughs> I want Toad in this game really bad. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be weird. Have you seen that <laughs> fake trailer that somebody made? Yes, I have. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where he's defending Peach and then he just like runs away and that's like like, he just dodges out of the way and he's like, I'm free. Yeah, yeah. Toad breaks free of the competition or whatever it is. Yeah, just Toad breaks free. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah, no, I think that like the way that Sakurai was talking about it, that's definitely all guest characters. All guest characters, which I am a hundred percent okay with. Yeah, the way he describes more worlds, more different feeling characters, more music. From different things, I, I I'm definitely all for that. Absolutely, like like you know, Sakurai said this in the direct. This is probably the only time we're gonna get like such a ridiculously huge gaming crossover. Yeah, you might as well like just keep going. Just like, go ham and like get everybody. Uh, as far as a Mortal Kombat rep, you said Scorpion, but I'm thinking Sub Zero. I think Sub Zero is a safer pick for Nintendo. Uh, not that they'd have to be too safe. But in terms of thinking about Scorpion, I think about the gory shit that happens. And obviously Mortal Kombat's a gory game. And if you want a Mortal Kombat rep, it can't be gory. So I'm thinking about how he was executed in Injustice 2 and how it was actually pretty solid and tame. And his ice abilities would actually probably work in Smash really well and be interesting. I think Sub-Zero is the pick that you go with there. That's I think fine. that would make a lot of sense. But he will obviously have skins that make him look like Scorpion <laughs> and uh, Noob and other shit like that. Uh, reptile. All the fucking idiot ninja characters. Okay, may I propose to you, mm-hmm. Goro Majima? You're a madman. That's never fucking happening. <laughs> it's going to be Kiryu if it does happen. No, because Kiryu is going to go to Tekken. Now, Genhart, you see there's a trend. I feel like the opposite should no, happen. See, Genhart, there is a trend. Okay. Where the older characters go to Tekken, mm-hmm. and the younger characters go to Smash Brothers. Are, are you referring to, like, like we got Terry in Smash, but they, we have got, they have geese. They also have Akuma, they have and Akuma, Smash, has, Smash Ryu. has Ryu. Right. You see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, I see what you're getting at, but I don't know if that's enough of a trend. Like, <laughs> like By this logic... We're getting Carl. We're getting Carl Grimes <laughs> in Smash Brothers. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> That's not fucking happening. Just put Negan in Smash 2. Fuck it. I'm, I'm Carl, down. eyes up the competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's fucked up. Oh. He's, do it now. Put him in. Remember when he shot that child? Yeah. Put him in Smash. <laughs> Fucking god! Um, I wanted you. Didn't, you have no idea how bad I want a Yakuza rep. I know you do, but I don't know how possible it is. Those then games again, are fucking iconic. Sega only has Sonic right now, and Sega has a lot more characters than that. I think the next, if you're going to do another Sega character, they're Yakuza is pretty big. It's their biggest franchise. And if you right want now. to appease Japan, that would be a Big one to do. Yakuza's big here now. Like it it's, is big here now too. I'm just saying, like they're gonna definitely think about it in terms of like this is a character for the West, this is a character for the East. They've done that so far. Yeah. They were like Joker works for both. Hero's more for Japan. Banjo's more for America. Terry's more for Japan. I bet the fifth one is more for America or a mix, uh, just to keep things equal. That would make sense to me because they know Smash is big both places. So. Yeah. 
it would be awesome. It would be amazing. There's no fucking way. Dude, he just like... Now, I've said that fucking before, though. I was like, no fucking way Banjo's getting in. Sans Undertale? No, not happening. <laughs> but here we are. It might not be outside the realm of possibilities. Dude, Kiryu's neutral B is just like he has a heat meter, and then like his neutral B is just like a grab, and then it does a heat move. Okay. And he like th- <laughs> like bashes him against the bottom of the stage and like hits their f- head with their his foot or something, and like throws them on shit. <laughs> a fucking a fucking bike appears and he grabs it and slams it into you, and oh jumps my on God. you. I want it so bad. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> Give it to me. Camarocho map. Oh my god, oh, man, it'd be, it'd be so gorgeous. Cool. Just like random people, like just walking in, walking in to fight, yeah, being and horrified, then you can just plop them away. No, I mean like enemies that oh, you okay. just like kill in one hit. On the you know hazards on well, obviously, yeah. You know maybe like Mister uh, the the big guy that has all the cash and zero. Maybe that guy could be there. He takes two hits. You know that's harder. <laughs> it still have to be easy. I would love it so much. You have no idea. This would be like Banjo for you. Yeah, no, I understand. What would, it, would you go with, would you want Kiryu or Majima more? Personally, I would want Kiryu more. Okay. I, I personally like Kiryu I think Kiryu, Kiryu would be the choice because he's the face of the franchise. At least he was. Yeah. And if they're going to put any of these on the Switch again, it's going to be the Kiryu games. It's not going to be the ones that are coming out now. It's going to be like... Like three, four, and five. Yeah, if that comes to the Switch. I don't zero know if there's plans for it. Zero and Kiwami, there's not. But like Zero and Kiwami 1 are like PS3 games, so they actually might be able to run the Switch. I imagine they well, have they're to. on PC now, so they could probably get ported eventually. Yeah, I, I think it. it's possible for sure. Lots of stuff's getting ported, you know? I mean, hey, Geralt could be coming to Smash. We don't fucking know. That'd be weird. That'd be sick, but I, I feel, he's already a Soul Calibur. So I, like I don't think he would, actually, now that I think about it, because Sakurai definitely leans towards characters that got their start in video games. And although you could make an argument that this version of Geralt got his start in video games, that, that's a book character. Based that's on an insanely bo- popular book. Yeah, so. At like, least you in know. Poland. It's the same reason we're not getting fucking Goku, no matter how many weebs ask. Oh, God, no, we're not getting Goku. <laughs> Sora? Maybe that's a little more possible than Goku. But then again, what the fuck is some of Sora's attacks are going to have Disney characters in it? Yeah, it's not going like, to happen. Can I, do you see that happening? Because no, I don't see that not happening. Not a million years. That's why I don't think Sora would ever happen. A million years. They're not going to want to pay Disney money. Because mm. Disney's not going to give it to them just because. Disney sucks. <laughs> they are immensely iconic. Like, Disney, there's a weird, like, section of Japanese culture that's completely obsessed with Disney as a whole. And it's very weird. Yeah, it's called anime. Yeah. It's based on it. (laughs) Right. But, like, they're still like that, and it's very, very interesting. I know. Well, I don't know. I think I said all the characters I think are coming. Minecraft Uh, Steve? Minecraft Steve is one of them, actually. Like, I feel like a Minecraft rep is inevitable. I really feel that. Minecraft Steve could also just easily be a me costume that makes him look like a blocky Minecraft man and sword character. I'd be okay with that. I'd I'd be cool with that. Like it's like it could go either way. I just think that a crossover with Minecraft is going to happen before we're done with this. I don't know if it'll be a full character pack and full DLC, but it, it's. I feel pretty strongly that that is going to happen. They should just do like a like a, a fucking Steve Sword Me costume. Yeah, with a diamond sword, right? Mm-hmm. And then a creeper brawler costume, and then call it a day. Sure. I think a stage would be more exciting for Minecraft than a character. 
to be yeah, honest. Honest, that'd uh, be cool too. But yeah, that's it. I, I think yeah, I think you got you got Dante. You're gonna get an Overwatch rep. You're gonna get a crash. You're gonna get Doom guy. Uh, maybe another Sega rep, whether it's Yakuza or not. Like, I don't know who the fuck else it could be. Vector Big Man. The, no, Big the Cat. Big the Cat, yes. 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 Put him in Smash. Just one of the dudes from Crazy Taxi. Football manager. <laughs> Put him in. Put him in. He manages football. The Taxi from Crazy Taxi. I'd be the guy. Well, okay. Just I do want a car as a character. <laughs> I really want a car as a character. Like, put Optimus Prime in the game. Turns no, into a fuck. truck and hits you. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Runs you over. There's that one janky, weird Smash-like game that has toy characters in it, if I remember correctly, that has yeah. Megatron and Optimus Prime in it. Megatron turns into a gun in that game. It's hilarious. Fuck it. Wish I could turn into a gun. Yeah, same. <laughs> we could shoot each other as guns. Fuck yeah, dude. As nature intended. Please do it to me. Anything else you want to talk about? We talked about Nintendo a lot, but, you know. I got nothing else. We could just get right to the the indie movie we watched. Let's do it. Okay. So, Indiana I was, Jones. I perused the internet real quick to see if there was anything, and there was nothing. I'm sure there is. We just forget. No. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Fuck yeah, bro. Bro... I'm bro. so glad it's good. Bro, bro, I'm, I'm so, so glad it's glad good, bro. It's good. My god. After coming out of Temple of Doom, yeah, watching oh this god. movie is like a sigh of relief like the whole way through. Mhm. Where it's like, "Oh my god, this isn't Temple of Doom. Thank god." god Temple of Doom is so rough. It's so ugh. It's so much worse than I remembered. Yeah, for sure. It's it is just garbage. I mean, we we talked it to death last time. So um, that came out in '84. Took him uh, five years or so. '89. It's when we got Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So um, you know, we talked about how you know the the people who saw the movie weren't the only ones that were like, "Is is this shit? Is this bad?" <laughs> uh, Spielberg thought that too. So Spielberg decides to finish the trilogy. Partially, and this is a quote, to apologize for the second one. Hell yeah. Spielberg admitted during production of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that he was, quote, consciously regressing. Bless you, fam. Hold on, give me a second. Good, I'll just open this while you're doing it. Crack that can! Sip on that can! Step on a can! Ow, my You're going to break that can. <laughs> anyway, so Spielberg admitted during production that he was consciously regressing, quote, to make Indy 3 match the tone of the first film rather than the second. Very apparent. Uh, good call. Good call. It, I don't think it does so in a way that is negative. I think there's actually a lot of differences between Raiders and this one, to the point where this one almost feels like a parody of Indiana Jones at times. Yeah. But in a good way, in a way that feels natural and not too much of a farce. It, it's entertaining. Uh, it, it works really well. It, it's a lot more comedic than one and two. Absolutely. Certainly than two. Two has a lot of attempts at jokes that don't land. This one I was laughing a lot during the movie. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the jokes are really well done. Got the, the, the banter between the characters is just 
really, really good and natural. Yeah. The whole way through. It's fantastic. So before we get to the actual movie and we talk uh, through it, which I think we might as well do. Yeah, uh, sure. So let's get through uh, the making of this film. What almost happened. Yeah, but, uh, I have no idea about this. This will be exciting. So Spielberg is originally set to direct Big and Rain Man after that. Oh, God, uh, Big. He, he decides, no, I'm going to make Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade instead. Um, I, I feel like that was probably a good move. Like, I'm not yeah, saying uh, that Big and Rain Man are bad. Uh, far from it. Those are good films. But I, I feel like for Steven Spielberg, the better choice is to make a good Indiana Jones movie to make up for Indy 2. To make up for Temple of Doom. Like, yeah. Good lord, it needed it. There needed to be a good one. Um, now, obviously, we're looking at this with the harsh lens of 2019, <laughs> which... Uh, Looks upon that second one not 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 favor favorably at all. Not even in the slightest. Um, history doesn't look at it favorably, in my opinion. It, at least it won't. Uh, but even back then, just it, it it was not looked at as good by all parties, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Especially people who uh, saw that it was racist. So much like Temple of Doom. Uh, because Lucas didn't actually fucking have a set idea for the third one, uh, they have to go through several scripts based on several different subjects before they come to a conclusion on what they're going to make. One of these, Lucas makes an outline called Indiana Jones and the Monkey King based on the ancient legend of the Monkey King. Oh, great. And uh, wouldn't you know it, this features a haunted Scottish castle... Oh. Uh, which Lucas wanted to do for the second one, and Spielberg said, no, that's that's too much like Poltergeist, which I'm producing right now. Uh, and Spielberg said that again this time around. Like, <laughs> he was, was like, like, Poltergeist, like I, like I did. I, yeah, 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 instead of I'm making, it's I did. So I understand not wanting to bring ghosts specifically into Indiana Jones. There's mystical elements and things that are spooky, but not necessarily... Literal ghosts. I've been, up to this point, I've enjoyed the running theme of Indiana Jones. It's just like, this is a world where all the religions are real. Yeah, I prefer when the mysticism is attached to a religion, because he's, after all, he's looking after ancient artifacts from ancient cultures, which are all going to be primarily religious in nature. It just makes sense. Technology isn't as advanced to back up science back then, so they think everything is done by gods. Yeah, and, and you could have even did that with four. Yeah. Because Aztec people thought that, you know, the crystal skulls were their gods, and probably not aliens, but that's the, you know, fan theory, as it were. Insert aliens man from the History Channel. Aliens. But aliens. Yeah. Now, obviously, Lucas and Spielberg uh, often don't write their own scripts for their Indiana Jones movies here. They just come up with ideas and hand it off to some poor sap to bring it all together. <laughs> um, which... I honestly, it's probably a good thing because when Lucas does write the script, you get garbage. I, I hate sand and other such things. I hate sand. <laughs> so, um, your boy Chris Columbus writes the script. Christopher Columbus. Yeah, no, not oh. the explorer. Oh. oh, the the man who wrote Gremlins and directed oh. Home Alone and oh. uh, the hit film Pixels as well. Oh, uh, your favorite. Pixels. It was a good track record until then. Yeah. That's unfortunate. He, he, he does have a lot of good stuff under his belt. I'm just I'm just dunking on him for no reason. We've done Fuck it before. Uh, so he writes a draft based on Lucas's outline. And uh, the script leaked on the internet. 
1997 for this film. Back then, people mistook it to be a script for Indiana Jones 4, which, from the release of The Last Crusade until it fucking happened, was rumored to be about 19 different things. That'll probably be a subject for next week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, obviously, it doesn't surprise me that they also thought this was that, because I think there was an incorrect date attached to it, uh, that wasn't that was like later than the release of Last Crusade, even though this was a a script for Last Crusade, essentially. Right. Uh, so uh, I copied this from the Wikipedia. You can go look it up if you want to. I don't want to read the entire Christopher Columbus script because, oh God, no. But uh, you can also do that if you if you so desire. But as for me, I'm gonna just uh, tell you the basics of what this movie could have been. Okay. Columbus's treatment. So, Lucas's script featured the Fountain of Youth as the key plot device. Right. Uh, Columbus changes this to a Garden of Immortal Peaches. Whatever this means, I, I don't know. I keep thinking of, like, the, the stuff from Assassin's Creed. Millions the, the of apples. peaches. Peaches for me. Okay, now I'm going to think of that. Millions of peaches. <laughs> immortality. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, begins in 1937, which I think is the year after Raiders, I forget. I think that's when this ends up taking place anyway, Last Crusade. Yeah. Indiana battles the murderous ghost of Baron Seamus Seagrove III in Scotland. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Then he travels to Mozambique to aid Dr. Claire Clark, who has found a 200-year-old pygmy. Uh... Yeah, the pygmy is kidnapped by the Nazis <laughs> during a boat chase. <laughs> oh my god. And Indiana, Claire, and Scraggy Briar, an old friend of Indiana, travel up the Zambezi River to rescue him. Uh, Indiana is killed in the climactic battle, but is resurrected by the Monkey King. Other characters include a cannibalistic African tribe, Nazi Sergeant Gutterbug, I think... Uh, who has a mechanical arm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been a meme and a half. Betsy, a stowaway student who is, and I quote, suicidally in love with Indiana. Uh, I'm sure that would have went over well, that plot. And a pirate leader named Kezure, who dies eating a peach because he is not pure of heart. That would probably lead into the... Pure of heart, dumb of ass, baby. <laughs> that probably would have led into the uh, actual uh, drinking from the uh, cup scene. Yeah, that's, that that's definitely where that was happening. derived from. Mm. Absolutely. So, this draft has a lot of problems, Columbus. You know, it's very common when you're making a script for a big-ass, giant-ass tentpole movie to write several versions of the script so columbus's second draft removes the suicidal betsy character and adds a character named dash who is an expatriate bar owner for whom the nazis work and he refocuses it to be the main villain is dash and also the monkey king himself not a person who resurrects indiana jones but actually the villain of the film the monkey king forces indiana and dash to play chess with real people and disintegrates each person who is captured. <laughs> that would have been uh, weird. Uh, Indiana subsequently battles the undead, destroys the Monkey King's rod, and marries Claire. Location scouting commenced in Africa, but Spielberg and Lucas abandoned Monkey King because of its negative depiction of African natives. 
and because the script was too unrealistic. Uh, I'm very glad that it seems that they learned Jusby. Amazing. Good job, fellas, for not just immediately making another racist movie. <laughs> yeah, that would that's very nice of them. You really did not need uh, a tribe of African cannibals. That's, that's very nice and uh, uh, consists of mm. very good basic human decency, you fucks. And as we all know, uh, George Lucas would never do anything racist. No, never. Ever in his, again never in, in his, his, his storied career. Uh, no, certainly never. not in Star Wars Episode oh, 1, absolutely. Phantom Menace. Why would he ever do something? That would never happen. No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Why would he do nope. that? Anyway, <laughs> Spielberg said about the script, it made him feel very old, too old to direct it. Uh, so, Spielberg didn't really feel the Columbus script or the Monkey King idea, and instead suggested refocusing the script on the Holy Grail and Indiana Jones's father. It seems to be a very common theme for Spielberg to have the movie be about an estranged relationship with your father. Yeah. Uh, this pokes up in like uh, things like E.T. and Hook, and obviously here... It's interesting how often that happens. I wonder how bad Spielberg's relationship with his father actually was. I don't know. Some daddy problems. Daddy problems. Uh, so Spielberg sought to recapture the tone of Raiders and brought back the characters of Marcus Brody, played by Denholm Elliott, and Sala, played by John Rice davies Gimli himself. Uh, but obviously we got some new characters. We got uh, Allison Duty as a uh, new love interest slash uh, villain, spoiler, Elsa. Uh, we got Julian Glover playing American businessman and also secret villain. Spoilers for a movie from 1989, Walter Donovan. Uh, worth noting about him, he played General Veers in The Empire Strikes Back, oh. uh, leading the attack on Hoth. Yeah. And he would also go on to play <laughs> your boy Grand Meister Pycelle in Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. That fucking guy. Hoof. Um, Man. And obviously, Sean Connery as Henry Jones Sr. Goat shit. Oh, God, he's so good. Goat I shit. I love this character. Him and Harrison Ford fucking around, goat tear shit. Yeah, it makes the movie for sure. Absolutely. I mean, not that the movie's bad before he shows up. It's really good the whole time, but he elevates it to something unique. Yeah. Like, their character dynamic is really good. So, Spielberg never saw anyone else playing this role, but Connery. Uh, it made sense to him in his head that James Bond would play the father of Indiana Jones because that's just really close to the truth right. in how this series came about. That was the only choice for the role. But Connery initially declined it because he's only 12 years older than Harrison Ford. <laughs> so he was like, how the fuck am I playing his dad? This is fucked up. This is insulting. But eventually he joined after Spielberg kept persisting and convinced him otherwise. Connery is famously retired now and uh, refuses to budge on that. Right. Spielberg tried to get him to be in Crystal Skull for a minute. And uh, he was like, no. 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 No, not, not, not for anything. <laughs> and he was like, this is probably the only thing that could get me to do it. And I'm going to say no to it, too. <laughs> so. Hey, done, done. And also, uh, it's worth noting uh, as we get into the beginning of the movie here, uh, River Phoenix plays Indy as a young boy uh, who, you know, River Phoenix, of course, passed away in 1993, not long after this movie got made. Yeah. From combined drug intoxication. Uh, he was only 23. It's kind of a shame. He could have been something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he certainly was in a lot of interesting things before passing away. 
But uh, you know, Hollywood sucks. Yep, eat Drug your soul. Sucks. It's terrible. But he's good in this, I think. Yeah, I uh, think he does fine. He definitely looks like a young Harrison Ford, oddly enough. I feel like that is actually pulled off pretty well. Yeah. When you think about, like, maybe it's just because I've been spoiled on it. You think about a young Indiana Jones, it, like, makes you cringe because of the TV series Young Indiana Jones. Oddly enough, this intro scene featuring Young Indiana Jones obviously led to that being made. And that sucked. But you don't have a good attachment to the actual movie itself and it's just random adventures and it's not river phoenix as well uh so yeah doesn't surprise me that that sucked it's bad doesn't surprise me nobody talks about it so yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah big, you know it's big bad mm-hmm. big big old bad so bad, bad the movie boy. starts with uh your boy indiana he's a boy scout yeah. Uh, which uh, I guess was, they came to that conclusion that to make him a Boy Scout because uh, Spielberg was a Boy Scout and so was Harrison Ford. So they were like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. And make him why not? Scout. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's fine. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. For the era that they're into. I mean, I know there's Boy Scouts still, but like, it, it's hardly a common thing to be a Boy Scout now. Maybe back then it, was it definitely then. was. Yeah, 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 absolutely was. A lot of people were Boy Scouts. Well, what, what happened in this opening, Jusby? A, a, a bandit man and his bandit crew of bandit boys. <laughs> yeah, basically. Abandoning out a cross. Yeah. To sell it for some money money. Mm-hmm. And while running around with the Boy Scout boys, Indy and a friend of his come come amongst it, and they see this cross being taken. And Indy instantly, like, is like, that belongs in a museum. <laughs> Let yeah. me get. And then kid like, okay, go, I'll, can I go get the sheriff? He like, yeah, go get the Sheriff. And while he go get Sheriff, Indy go get Cross. But he gets mm. caught, and this ensues in a very long chase sequence. It's a good chase sequence. It is a very though. good. All uh, kinds of weird shit on happens. On top of a circus train and inside of a circus train, complete with a reptile house and a magic car and a lion. Boy, that's a lot of shit. <laughs> Apparently, this sequence was incredibly hard to film because they actually filmed it on a moving train. Uh, for some of the shots, obviously Holy not shit. all of them. Uh, that's probably fucking really fucking difficult. You can't just like, Do oops, that. we didn't get the shot. Roll the train back. Like this has to take forever. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, we gotta stop the train. That's gonna take like ten minutes. All right, we gotta back the train up. That's gonna take like an hour. <laughs> There's the guy with the hat, who isn't related to him in any way, but clearly it's someone who he takes a lesson from. Yes. And he even gets the hat from. So it, I kind of liked that. Clearly this isn't somebody that he looks up to morally, but maybe in terms of skill. Yeah. And uh, that makes sense because he doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, we kind of see a brief glimpse into his home life with his dad who doesn't want uh, much to do with him, really. He's uh, too focused on his work. Too focused on finding that holy grail even back then. Uh, I, I appreciate that this is actually connected to the actual story of the movie. Instead Very much of just so, being, yeah. A disconnect. Uh, so I think seeing him as a young kid, and then you briefly see the relationship with his dad kind of pays off later. And uh, I also think him getting the hat and the whip is neat, even though he fucks up with the whip at first. He hits as, himself in the fucking head. As, as you would if as you tried you to would use the whip. As the first time you try to do a shit with a whip, right. I assume. Yeah, absolutely. And then it does a really fun smash cut the present day. Oh, yeah, I love that. It Where just cuts to Harrison Ford getting, getting punched in the face. Pun- sucker punched right in the Dougie. <laughs> and 
It's like, yeah, you became Indiana Jones. Oh, you're getting punched in the face. Well, that's what Indiana Jones that's, does. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's what Indiana Jones is, and you're getting fucking uh, hit, Chasing boy. after the same uh, man in a white suit from the intro. To get back that cross. To get it, that cross, Because, goddamn, it doesn't matter how many years passed. It belongs in a fucking museum, boy. Yeah, he's very dedicated to that in this one. They played around with uh, what his actual motivations are in Temple of Doom, but I think they were just being edgy in that movie. Yeah. Um... Amongst other things. <laughs> so, we go back to the college, which we haven't seen since Raiders. Uh, he's the big mistake of Temple of Doom. Yeah, I think this is a good aspect to show of Indy's character. He's, I mean, obviously he wants to be Adventure Man all the time. He wants to be Womanizer Man all the time. But he also, you can also tell that he does, in fact, enjoy teaching. Yeah, although I don't know how good at it he is, for sure, because it seems like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll be in my office for like an hour, and then like every student in the world has a question for him. He's like, fuck and that. He's like, fuck that, and he just leaves. He bounces. <laughs> Obviously, he has uh, an invitation to go do something immediately after that, but uh, very interesting that they, uh, I mean, I know that Harrison Ford's been viewed as a sex symbol for for years but uh <laughs> they really lay it on thick in this one where like every fucking single student of his is like oh my god i want to fuck professor jones <laughs> just like looking at him like he's, he's like, so dreamy mm. and he's like uh <laughs> it's, it's so weird but uh, that does play into the more comedic uh aspects that this movie ends up having yeah absolutely uh, and we also get reintroduced to marcus who hasn't been around since raiders i think he's a good character to keep as kind of like a a standby He's a great character. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's really funny in this movie, actually. Uh, Indy gets kidnapped by Nazis, but he doesn't know they're Nazis. That's kind of what I have to take away from these men in, men in suits. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty uh, obviously, much. it's an American businessman that is asking him to go after the Holy Grail eventually. But he's clearly working with the Nazis at this point, And we find that out explicitly later on. But Indy doesn't know that. And uh, he tells him, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I even said this after we, when we were watching it, but like, he tells him all this information about the Holy Grail and how he's searched for it for years, and like, oh, we got this fucking inscription here that tells us blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Tells him all this shit, and then he says, like, you know, well, why don't you go uh, ask my dad, the Holy Grail's more his bag. And then he's like, oh, uh, we did. And he's mysteriously disappeared. Waits until just the fucking end to tell him that little nugget yeah, of information. Of so obviously Indy flips and goes to his dad's house and uh, finds it uh, in a state of disrepair, but finds his, uh, you know, um, journal. Or it was sent to him in the mail. Yeah. Uh, so Indy sets off to Venice to start looking for his dad and by proxy the Holy Grail. Uh, we get introduced to uh, Elsa, who Indy immediately starts flirting with. Of course. Of course. Because he he's trying to fuck. Trying to fuck all the time, constantly. Yes. Does fuck her, eventually. Um, Hate fuck. A little bit. A little bit. Hate fuck. A little bit. I, I, that's probably mostly what he gets. Big hate fuck energy. He seems to have a problem with uh, women in general. Just because he's an asshole. I mean, y Yeah. <laughs> But I like that aspect of him because it, it like it rounds out it rounds him out in an interesting way, gives him like a edgy side, which he I think he needs to have. He shouldn't just be like a paragon of justice or anything. Like, right? He should no. be a. That's not a character Harrison Ford should play. No, absolutely like, not. Indiana Jones should be kind of a dick, but also 
very heroic at the same time. Yeah. I, I like that mix. It makes the character gray. I like characters like that. Han should shoot Greedo, is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Anywho, uh, we go to this library or church and... Yeah, you go to, a, go to a big old library in Venice. Yeah. And they're trying to find where this tomb is mm-hmm. that gives them supposedly the next clue to finding the grail. Indy solves an uncharted puzzle. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> by going up some stairs in a really cool shot. Mm-hmm. Really, X. really cool shot. Big X. It was a cool shot, but then it was like obvious that no one else saw the X on the ground. Right. Like, as soon as it was like, we need to find a 10, I'm like, well, it's going to be an X, because the other ones were Roman numerals. Duh. Right. And then they go, uh, they go into the spooky basement of this library. Before that, you have a kind the of tombs. a funny little scene where he has to break the floor open. So he oh, takes, yeah. a, so he takes <laughs> like a, like a rail post and like looks at the teller and then as he's stamping stuff jams into the ground at the same time to and the timing of his stamps yeah yes. so the teller is just like what the fuck but then is, it makes a bigger noise yeah it's like what the fuck's going on with my stamper he's looking at his stamper <laughs> like what the heck noise. and then every time he did it it was a hit and he's like I'm fucking he just sets the thing down thankfully at the same time the indie gets it open and it's funny it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a good little bit of just this visual humor yes uh but so they go down in there without Marcus, uh, just uh, Indy and Elsa. But uh, something's going on because Marcus gets knocked out by a couple uh, seedy individuals right after that. Uh-huh. Don't know who they are. We'll find out in a minute. Uh, there's lots of fucking rats down here. There's way too many rats. Way too many and, uh, rats. Probably a good portion of those were real rats because that's how they make these movies, unfortunately. Maybe some of them were like, you know, a rare species of rodent that doesn't have limbs or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm making a reference to the weird lizards, but <laughs> they're lizards. They're not snakes, but they just don't have limbs. Whatever. We found a bunch of them. Here's a pile. <laughs> so they did that with this one. A bunch of rats. Fuck it. No limbs. So many rats. What? Too oh my many God. rats. Oh, God, it's creepy as shit. I mean, I'm not like opposed to, I don't know if rats creep me out as much as bugs or snakes but yikes! That's too many of them. Just too many. All fucking in a giant pile because that's what they do. Uh, it's gross shit. Gross. Yeah. yeah. No thanks. Anyway, they they walk through that and step on a bunch of them. Wonder if they actually stepped on a bunch of them on set. I wouldn't be surprised. Call them Peta. <laughs> Call them up. Yeah. Get Peta on the phone. No thanks. <laughs> we uh. We get we are, they're looking for the tomb of uh, one of the three brothers. Yes. Who, who discovered the Grail? Discovered and, and guarded the Grail right. from other forces, uh, and then they get attacked by dudes with fezes. <laughs> yeah, fez boys. <laughs> they get their clue. They get out, and then the fez boys notice, and mm-hmm. they start chasing them. Yeah, they set the place on fire. They have yeah, to they escape th- in the water. Yeah, uh, Elsa's freaked out by all the rats, probably because they remind her of Jews. Ooh. See, because she's Nazi. You just don't know it yet. You just don't know it yet. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. She's a bitch. Yeah, tell her. I don't care that, like, okay, this movie oddly wants you to sympathize with her at points. Like, you know, it's not her fault that she's working with the Nazis. But no, it literally is. It's her, like, you know, fuck off. She during, deserves to die at the during end. During that point, 
where she was with Indy, she could have been like, "Hey, I'm trying to get away from the Nazis. Can you help? Can you help a sister out?" Yeah, instead and of he'd just, be like, yeah. you know, let's keep working with the side that I think is the strongest at any given time. Like that's not that's you know that's clearly the sign of a scumbag. Right. Oddly enough, a lot of the villains that end up siding with the Nazis in these movies, including Belloc and uh, including. Donovan in this movie uh, claim to not be Nazis, but then they're working with them, which I think is uh, makes you Nazi. Interesting. No, no modern day parallels there. But anyway, <laughs> um, they escape and then boat chase from Fezby Fez people. As people boat chase, boat uh, chase, boat chase. It's a good ass boat chase. It's a fun boat Including chase. Including one guy getting crushed in between two ships as they drive in between yes, two ships. It's just two guys, yeah. They get and then the, the ship like fucking flips out, it explodes. It's really funny. It's a good shit that like the only reason they went in between those two ships is like she misheard Indy yeah. saying, Don't go between the two ships. And she's like, What? Between the two ships? You're crazy. But then did it. Yeah. Dumb bitch. <laughs> Nazi sympathizing bitch. It worked. But I, I, okay, at the same time, even though they like try to get you to sympathize with her, I kind of like the twist that she's evil because you're not tuned to expect that because Indiana Jones movies basically have a Bond girl in them. Yeah. And it's always different. It's always someone who wants Indiana Jones's dick more than anything else, no matter what else they say. Right. So obviously you just expect that... They won't betray Jones. Yeah. They're just, you know, a side character to maybe he'll have to rescue her at some point in the movie. And they throw you off a couple times. But, like, no, she's like a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Interesting twist on that. This kind of subverts a lot of things from Raiders to make a different thing. Yes. And I appreciate that a lot. I think that's a good way to make a sequel. Yeah. But subverting expectations in, like, a reasonable way? Yeah. Not necessarily in a, like, you know... Last Jedi way, I right. guess you could say. I guess. I guess. I don't know. That's no, probably I'm, not the best. Example. I'm, I'm not as big into that as. I don't hate Last Jedi. Me I, I'm okay with it. it it's. I don't it's think it's not trash. Perfect. I don't think it's like some kind of absolute trash garbage. I think audiences are really. There's good ideas in that movie, or at least like people on the internet are. They really have trouble saying a movie is like a seven out of ten. As opposed to like, you know, it's, it, it either has to be the worst movie ever or the best movie they've ever seen. Yeah. There's no in-between. I think Last Jedi is pretty firmly in-between, in my opinion. Absolutely Because there's good stuff and bad stuff in it. But no one is able to admit that it's for weird. some reason. Because they either have to stick to their guns in one way or the other. And it's kind of annoying. I hate the discourse about that movie. Yeah, me too. It's boring. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait for Rise of Skywalker to just create it all over again. Here I wonder if it'll be switched and the people that hated Last Jedi love this one because it's more like Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> and then God. the people that loved Last Jedi hate it because it's more like Star Wars, <laughs> I guess. Because, I mean, like, I guess one of the things Last Jedi does good is fuck with a lot of your preconceived notions of what should happen. I just don't think it succeeds on all those merits right. because it's like it seems preoccupied with doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the problem. This kind of feels a little more natural with right. doing it, where it's like, aha, fuck you, audience. You thought Indy was just going to fuck the girl. But no, she's actually a fucking Nazi. Also, she fucked his dad. <laughs> like, that's where we go. All right. 
maybe that's a little maybe that's a little too far but like god it's fucking funny like i know I sean connery care. gave birth to indiana burst up indiana jones mom when he was 12 but that doesn't that doesn't mean shit oh it's so funny we'll get to something about that later anyway what happens now they like go back her apartment's ransacked yeah well, they go back really her... she did it on purpose yeah. bitch but yeah from what you could tell her apartment and so in indies both got ransacked i'm looking for the journal and they they kind of get into a little bit of a fight mm-hmm. that results in them totally hate fucking. Yeah, him and Nelson just hate fuck, <laughs> as he comedically says Venice and then fucks. Right, <laughs> fucking movie. He rolls his eyes and says Venice and then fucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the comedy works in this movie. Yeah, it's funny. The the sex joke scene in Temple of Doom was some of the cringiest shit I've ever witnessed. So glad they got a better writer for this movie. Uh, the writer for this movie, by the way, I yeah, didn't go into up. that. Jeffrey Bohm, who wrote The Lost Boys and would later write Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. Huh. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense, just yeah. given the th- thought of it. Like, I know that Lethal Weapon is like, looked at, like, I don't know. At when the time that when Lethal Weapon came out, it was almost a parody of stuff that was happening then. Yes. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, given what movie we just watched. Yeah. And I think Lost Boys is uh it's not a personal favorite of mine, but it's fun. Yeah, I like it's definitely movie. I like fun. the movie. I like it. And and Bohm's uh I, I saved a quote from him because I feel like he really understood what this movie should be and solidified it and then then they had an idea and then they could jump forward from that. Uh given the fact that it's the third film in the series, this is his quote, you couldn't just end with them obtaining the object. That's how the first two films ended. So I thought, let them lose the grail and let the father-son relationship be the main point. It's an archaeological search for Indy's own identity, and coming to accept his father is more what it's about. I agree. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like that's the cool part of the movie. I care more about the characters than them finding the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's like it's just sort of like the thing that keeps the plot moving. It's the MacGuffin, and it's fine. But it's not like about it. Yeah, uh, which it, it's, is it just you know, moves the plot along. It's like here's the it's an Indiana Jones movie, so here's the thing. Yeah, but it's not as much the primary focus, which again subverts what you would expect it to be about. Yeah, because like Raiders, for as good as it is, isn't necessarily. I mean, the characters are good and well written, but it's not. It is about the Ark of the Covenant, right? <laughs> which is fine, but when making a second one, maybe look deeper into the characters. Yes. And, well, a third one in this case. No, no, that's but one. yeah, let's just ignore the fact that Temple of Doom happened. There's two Indiana Jones movies. That's it. Yep. Man, they should make a third one one of these days. No, there's still four of them. What are the other two? You got. Uh, oh yeah, that video game you yeah. like. You got yeah, the video game. Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine on the N64. Oh, favorite Atlantis. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry, Jusby. You're going to talk shit about N64 Indiana Jones now, huh? It's not that good. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> but the only anyway. good indie game is Fate of Atlantis. Probably. And it's like... Well, you don't like that Raiders based. of the Lost Ark on the Atari 2600? I definitely don't. I have that game. Oh, it's fucked up. You got to use two controllers, right? Yeah, it sucks. That's stupid. It's bad. So anyway, where are we at in this film? 
So they get a tip from the Fezzi guys after the the whole chase goes right. down. We find where out that they are undercover, uh, like defenders of the Grail. Basically. Defenders of the Grail. They um, want the keep the secret kept and not let anybody get to it. And Indy's like, "That's fine. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. I'm trying to find my goddamn dad." And he's, and then they let him go. After yeah, that they're point. like, "Okay, well, here's That's where fine. your dad is. Yeah. Now get the fuck out of here." And he's like, "Gladly." Yeah. <laughs> and he goes. So they go off to. I like that to character Germany. a lot. I feel like they should have did more with him. Actually, one of yeah. my only complaints about this movie because that character was really cool, and then he just ends up dying out of nowhere later. Oops. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Rest in peace, Frank Zappa. Nah, uh, that's not who it was. No, it looks like him though. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So, they go off to Germany. Or Scotland. Scotland. It's a Scottish castle. Not haunted, but man, Lucas wanted it That's so right. bad. Yeah, it's a Scottish castle to I go to. it has to be dead. Scottish because there's the scene where Indy does a Scottish accent badly. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, want to see the tapestry? <laughs> uh, oh, man. God. Yeah, so they get to the Scottish castle and they have to find a way to get in. So, he's like, all right, we're going to pretend to be Scottish. Mm-hmm. And they go in. That worked out real good. Fails instantly, and then he just punches the guy in the goddamn face. You think he'd be better at pretending to be Scottish, considering his dad is Sean Connery? But but whatever, whatever. That's fine, I mean, in this, I guess. In, this, in the Indiana Jones, it's not like he's actually Scottish, so he still sounds like Sean Connery, right? <laughs> uh, he uh, whips around the castle stealthily and runs into his dad. We get introduced to Sean Connery and. They are immediately captured, and then it's revealed to us that uh, Elsa is a Nazi. And I think Donovan's there, and he reveals that he's a Nazi as well. Yes. Lots of revelations happening yes. all at once. So, yeah. Indy, After he has a brief Indy gets to bust his dad out. They get caught. <laughs> oh, I wanted to bring this up. So, um, we talked about how Connery was also fucking Elsa before Indy came onto the scene. Right. So, this was always part of the film script, but it was going to be revealed way later. As, like, a joke joke? In the Zeppelin scene. Uh-huh. As a conversation about it. And they, he was like, what the fuck? You had sex with her before me? And he was like, well, you know, I'm only human, son. And, like, shit like that. <laughs> uh, which eventually is still kind of in the movie anyway. They talk about it. Yeah. Briefly. But Sean Connery improvised <coughs> the line uh, where he says, how do you know that she was a Nazi? And he says... She talks in her sleep, <laughs> um, which basically reveals that he slept with her. Uh, this was so this line made everyone laugh and they just kept it in. Oh, this, this is a this complete the completely made up by Sean Connery. That followed by the completely awkward silence from Indy after that. Funny as fuck. Uh, and the audience, because yeah. then you just realize <laughs> like, like, oh, they no. both fucked the same woman. <laughs> it's so weird. But like, I don't know. I don't think it goes too far. I think it's just no. funny. It's ridiculous. She she intentionally had sex with both of them. To get them to trust her. Right. You know. Except Sean Connery was immediately like, nah. And Indy was like. Well, she talked in her sleep. Right. And Indy was like. <laughs> he knew she was a Nazi. Yeah, we fucking. <laughs> he still got captured, though. So, uh, so they're tied up and they're going to get murdered later or like they're keeping them alive so that they can tell them where the grail is or some bullshit yeah and then and then they get an order from good old adolf hitler himself the man the myth the legend i don't know if that's how i would describe <laughs> Hitler, but okay <laughs> to, to, to kill the americans not a myth happened no actually <laughs> happened <laughs> not a legend no definitely not i don't well, think so i mean 
No, not electric. No, no, not at all. I don't think so. I don't know. What's the opposite of like that word if you were to try to? I don't know. I don't know. It's just the man. The man, Adolf Hitler. He's a man. My dude. Big piece of shit. <laughs> Big piece of shit Adolf Hitler orders the Americans to be killed, which is refers to Indian Sean Connery. Yes. I don't, I don't know his dad's actual name in this movie. I Henry just, Jones. Oh, Sean Connery. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's Henry Jones Sr. because Indiana Jones is technically Henry, Henry Jones. Jones Jr. Right, okay. He calls him Jr. throughout the whole movie, not revealed until the end why. Yeah. Because he's literally named Henry Jones Jr., but goes by Indiana. Because it's the dog's name. Which and is, you like the dog a lot? weird. <laughs> but who cares? It's he just didn't... It's part of a big thing where he didn't want to be associated with his dad. Yes. And that's why he just wanted to take a new name, and he loved that dog, so he... Indiana. Yeah. That's it. It, it, may, it makes sense, but it's just weird that he chose the dog's name. Glad the dog wasn't named, like, you know, Scrappy. Yeah, right. Or, uh... <laughs> it's me, Scrappy Jones. Scrappy Jones! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> God. <laughs> Scrappy Jones. Very good. Very good. So, the the Nazis are getting ready to, to kill the fuck out of them. Got to come back up. And then they're devising their lighter. escape plan. Yeah. Indy's like, hey, hey, hens, here's my lady. And he like, oh, yeah. And then he lights it and drops it on the floor and sets the room on fucking fire. And he's like, <coughs> oops. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So they try to escape. They get in the fireplace, which uh, is ironic, but because uh, the whole place is a fireplace now. Uh, but then, uh, <laughs> literal fire yeah. place, fire place. <laughs> but then they find a secret lever that just whoop turns them into the Nazis' communications room. Yeah, uh, and they get spotted in a really funny scene <laughs> and then they just keep spinning around yeah it's stupid it reminds me of uh the bit in young frankenstein where they keep spinning around the thing yeah put the candle back <laughs> uh, it's so good uh so eventually they uh they escape and they run away and then uh motorcycle motorcycle chase which i guess was added after the movie uh was done filming because they were like we need more action motorcycle chase Glad they did. Really was, good scene. It's a cool really scene, scene, yeah. The comedic visual of Sean Connery in the sidecar is top tier. I, I, I don't know. It just works really yeah. well. He just looks so awkward in the sidecar mm -hmm. alongside Indiana Jones, just like not knowing what's <laughs> happening. Because like, while he's definitely a smart man, he's not like adventurous in this way. He's more brains than brawn. Right. Indy is like a mixture. Yeah. Uh, so he's not really killing people on the reg like Indiana Jones is. He, he kills them on the reg, dude. Uh, he doesn't give a yeah, fuck. Remember I mean, when an entire ship, the beginning movie, the entire ship full of people just exploded and they're dead? Yeah, that's Indiana Jones' fault that that happened. Right. Yeah. But hey, he got that cross in the museum, dude. We don't know if those people were Nazis. They could have just been dudes that just like money. You know? Right. I mean, so they did deserve to die. But, but hey, he got but that anyway. cross in the museum. <laughs> so... They they a uh, big motorcycle chase. Yes. Um, they have an argument, I believe, about where they should go because yeah, they, Marcus they get away. got kidnapped and he is in wherever they go to find the Grail later. Yeah, the actual location of the Grail, uh, Hidden City. I forget the name of it. Right. Uh, I assume somewhere in Africa. It's in the Middle East. Middle East. Yeah. I'm not certain. 
trying to remember. Well, Saul is there, so it has to be near Cairo. Right, it is. Because that's his contact in Cairo. But they go to Berlin. Yes. Because Henry wants his journal back, which Elsa has. Yeah. And, and she got called to back him. to Berlin by fucking Hitler. Yeah. So. And it's explained, and then he's like, why do you want that fucking journal? And he explains to him that uh, getting this grail, he going to die unless he has that journal because it tells you the different steps the to getting to it. three clues that he forgot but wrote down. So, uh, you'll guess they're going to Berlin. Into the belly of the beast. And so they go. And uh, they steal some Nancy costumes. They, as you do. And uh, I don't know if this scene goes too far with its comedy or not. I think it's fucking hilarious. I appreciate it a a great deal. I think it's fucking hilarious. I feel like you might as well. Like, fuck it. Just go this far. Why not? And he gets the grail grail journal from Elsa. Says, basically, fuck you. Mm Mm-hmm. She like I I don't care for Hitler. I'm just I just, I just want, want the Grail. And he's like, like bullshit. Whatever. Fuck you. Take the journal. Still stood up for it. And, right. You know. He's like bullshit. Still fuck you. when you wanted to. Right. You're a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Takes the journal. Fucks Good off. Good on you, Indy. Don't follow her for bullshit. Then they get caught in a big crowd because Hitler's fucking around. Hitler's doing a Comic Con signing <laughs> at the local book burning. Uh... <laughs> And Indy, with his journal, gets pushed up to the front of the line. And right there... face to face with the man himself, Hitler. The man, the myth, the legend. Quote, just be cut lip. Could have <laughs> just shot him. Would have died. Right. Immediately after. Right, right, you don't get the rest of the movie. But. Hitler dies later. It's fine. The more important thing is the grail. Because if the Nazis get the grail... Hitler doesn't. Die. Hitler, immortal Hitler. That's scary. That's that's never ending. Hitler. That's right. Hitler doesn't die. <laughs> right. So, um, although I guess technically, much like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones's role in the Nazis getting it or not getting it would have been pointless anyway, because they couldn't remove the Grail from the location. That's kind of a running theme. Upon trying to, they would have all been crushed to death. Because it's about the journey instead of the destination. Yes. That's the whole fun I'm part okay of with this. it. Absolutely. It's fun. Um, so, uh, Hitler <laughs> is played by Michael Sheard, who uh, prior to this had played Hitler three other times, and I think played Hitler a couple other times after this. Damn. Got to play Hitler a lot. That's unfortunate. because he looks like Hitler. But, yep. I mean, hey, what else are you going to do? Someone's got to play Hitler. <laughs> Uh, weird shit, though. He is most famous for playing Admiral Ozell in The Empire Strikes Back. This is not the one that, uh, what's-his-name played. This is a different Admiral who famously gets choked to death by Darth Vader. Oh, okay, cool. And replaced with Admiral Piet. Right. Because that Admiral failed him, and now, uh... Other guy gets a promotion (laughs) immediately upon Vader choking him to death. Iconic scene... Can't believe Vader killed Hitler. Fuck yeah, you did. Good job, Vader. <laughs> yeah, good job, Vader. Who also is kind of like Hitler. He killed Hitler. Killed a lot of killed a lot of younglings. But at least he killed Hitler. But yeah, the the comedy of the face to face thing with Hitler is Hitler grabs uh, the Grail Journal and just signs it. Mm-hmm. Then gives it to him and tells him to fuck off. Yep. Which is just good. And then they're like, oh, thank God. And then they. They go to get the fuck out of there. They get on a Zeppelin. Big old Zeppy Zepp. 
They're like, all right, we're getting away from the Nazis. We all good. And then, uh oh, Nazis. Well, yeah, like immediately. Uh, I believe this is the colonel that shows up later in the tank segment as well. I think so, yeah. Uh, so, Indy disguises himself as the guy taking tickets. Right. And uh, decides when he requests the ticket from the Nazi man who's like, leave me alone, just to throw him out the window. And everybody looks at him weird, and he's just like, no ticket. <laughs> Which is legendary. It's so funny. And will later be referenced in a personal favorite movie of mine, Kevin Smith's Dogma, when yeah. Silent Bob throws the shit monster out of a subway train <laughs> and says this line. <laughs> Which is ridiculous to describe, but... Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, we get uh, some conversations between the two of them. You fucked my girlfriend. I well, I mean, I fucked her first, and uh, <laughs> they, uh, but the Nazis are uh, deciding to turn the blimp around. They're like, "Should we get the fuck we out? Get here. out of here!" Luckily, there's a plane on the other side, and luckily, Indiana Jones knows how to fly a plane, but not land a plane. Right? Fly, yes. Land, no. <laughs> and they begin their escape. Uh, Nazi bombers are headed for their location. It's up to Henry Jones Sr. to shoot out some of them. He instead shoots the uh, tail of the plane. Oops. Yeah, in, in another really funny scene. Oh, where... and then lies and said, I'm sorry, son, they got us. <laughs> yeah. Again, God, what a legend. Anyway, uh, they crash and they're fine, but then there's still a plane coming after them. Oh, wait, before this, a plane follows them into a tunnel? Or is yeah. that after? Because that's when they're on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's after. They, no, they get a car. They steal a car. That's right. That's yes, right. After they crash land a plane, there's still, there's still a plane coming after them, shooting at them. Yeah. So they steal a car to try to get away from it. They do. It and follows them into a tunnel. They crash the car. Yeah. After that one happens. That, that's a great scene, too, because the guy looks at them in the tunnel. Why did he fly it into the tunnel? What was he thinking? They just ram them. Nazis are stupid. They're really dumb. Uh, <laughs> and uh, They're Nazis. Mm-hmm. Then the last one going after them, they're like, what do we do? Indy has no bullets. And based Sean Connery decides to become the penguin and gets out his umbrella and goes, caca, 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 at a bunch of gulls. And they fly up and right into the plane and it blows up. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I love that scene. I'll never forget it for as long as I live. It's so stupid. And he comes back all nonchalant twirling his umbrella. Yeah. Says something about uh, pen is mightier than the sword or something, yeah, something like that. Something along those lines. Something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, or maybe they say that later in the tank. They do. <sighs> Wouldn't surprise me if he just said the same thing twice. It, it's in his character to do so. Right. Uh, we go from there to finally they go to where they gotta go. That mysterious city where the grail is at. Yep. They meet up with Sala. Line of tanks, or just a tank. The a Germans tank. have a tank and a shitload of Nazis, and uh, they're marching on towards it, mm -hmm. towards the, the location of the ground, because they know where it is, too. And of course, they capture Henry Jones Sr., and Indy has to rescue his dad. Yeah, well, they him and, and him and Sala plan on grabbing horses and camels, I, I guess. guess. Well, Sala plans on grabbing camels. Yeah, and Indy's like, no camels! <laughs> I fucking hate camels, dude. I don't, why does he hate camels? Because they got they got humps on his back, and he's not the one humping. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. 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 You know. You know. 
you know? What happens next? <laughs> so yeah, Henry gets captured by the Nazis during this because he tries to go rescue Marcus and fails. Yes. So now you're like, fuck, I gotta go save my guy. In the meantime of this, they get attacked by those grill guardians mm-hmm. type boys. I don't Which know what they're called. Which uh, provides a distraction for Indy to take advantage of. Yeah, they need to get in there, grab horses. For example, and try to get the fuck out. Sorry. Yeah. And then in what just shows a true display of power of the Nazis, just completely run them over. Mm-hmm. Like, just does not take them long at all. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This take sequence is amazing. Yeah, so then Indy, in a bid to rescue his father Marcus, uh, fucks around with the tank. Goes around the tank, trying to manipulate it, and trying to get on in in the tank. Yeah. Puts a rock in one of the turrets, blows yeah. up, kills mm-hmm. a guy. It's so good. Yep. And then it's a really well thought out crazy sequence. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones versus a tank. Excellent idea. <laughs> Excellent execution. Uh, in my opinion... Maybe even like I still think Raiders is a better movie, just by and large. But this sequence might be my favorite action sequence in this series because it's just really well executed. Yeah, I like it a lot. They, they might top the one in Raiders with the, the car chase in Raiders, where I he's think so. uh, being dragged along, and uh, it's it's really good. I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, just uh, them interacting with the tank, fucking around. You have, you have Henry and Marcus inside the tank, starting to take some people out. The cutaways to them are great too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry stabs somebody with a pen, and then Marcus makes a pen as mightier than the sword joke. It's like, guy, yeah. you literally did it because you stabbed somebody with Ink- a pen, inks right? Inks them as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, <laughs> very good. But corny, eventually, corny dad joke because they're both old. Of course, boomers. Am I right? But. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be boomers no, at all. No, <laughs> fucking Indy's a boomer. Indy's a boomer, I guess. No, as you know, no, that's, no, no, he's, he's older. Before. Yeah, he's before boomers. Which generation is that? No. Old. Uh, I forget. Eventually, they succeed after a long sequence that, you know, just watch it. It's good. <laughs> um, Nazi man goes down in the tank. Great shot. Aged bad, but great shot. I just love that it just crash zooms into the man's yeah, face. Yeah, they, they fall falling. off a cliff, and but it looks like Indy goes with him. You can't really tell. And we get a good uh, <coughs> played for laughs scene where they think Indy has died. Hilarious. It is funny, though, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery's talking about... Because they immediately show you like that Indy lived. And then he's just like keeps. They just keep acting like he's dead. They keep looking over the cliff, and he walks up right next to him and is looking off the cliff and like, "Hey, what the fuck's going on?" <laughs> and then immediately they don't give a shit about him after that. Yeah, they're being like, "Okay, let's go get grilled." He's like, "You fucking I, I'm kidding?" I'm so fucking exhausted. <laughs> I just killed a tank. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and then they go to get the grail, and then all that tank shit was for naught because the Nazis are already fucking there. Son of a bitch. Yep. You can count on the Nazis to be pricks at every turn. Yep, they capture them again. Yeah, uh-huh. Except all of them this time. Except they're going to force Indy to go get the Grail because they don't know how to go get it. So they just shoot Henry. And they're like, yep. if you want to heal him, go get the Grail. And he's like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, all right. <laughs> this is where we get the three trials. I love this part. Uh, obviously, Uncharted is something that takes very much all of its inspiration. <laughs> Right. From Indiana Jones. But I think this segment 
shows a lot of what Uncharted sought to do with its puzzles, which is shit like this. You have a journal. You're referencing your journal all the time. Yeah, you got to look at the journal and it's like, oh, yeah, this lion head here. I'll move the lion head. And it's maybe nothing as creative as like an invisible walkway. That shit's cool. But uh, I I dug all these puzzles, the uh, kneeling before the Lord to dodge the uh, decapitation machine. Right. And then going over the invisible walkway. Or was there another thing, too? There's three. What was the third one? Oh, it was... uh you you have to walk across Christ's name on a floor of letters. Oh right, you got to spell Jehovah. Yeah, but not Jehovah. It's spelled in whatever. It's spelled which Latin. He almost fucks up. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Should have studied more. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the kind of a kind of a funny thing where you have Henry on the ground, kind of dying, and he mounts. You know, he's he very silently says, uh, "But he says oh, it's Jehovah, but Jehovah in, in Latin starts with an H." And then Indy steps on the J, almost dies, and it goes like, I'm fucking dumb, Jehovah, and then starts with an H. Yeah, and something goes, like that. Does it, yeah. yeah. It's good. So then we get to the Grail Room. That is my favorite scene in the movie, actually. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, this dude who plays the knight is great, and it's such a weird, wonky thing that, like, shouldn't work, but does... Because this is an ancient man from the Middle Ages who's still alive. Provided with the context from watching the first two movies as well, where you're like, okay, every religion's real. <laughs> sure. And then you walk into this, like, of course the Grail's real. Mm-hmm. And of course this guy was able to live eternally because of the Grail. And you yes. just instantly believe it because of the, everything else from this series. It works really well. Right. Uh, surprisingly well. I love the character of the knight. <laughs> He's very... He's uh, like aloof. Yeah, he's also kind of dry after, yeah. at a certain point. I, I like it. Um, kind of a tragic figure because he's just cursed to like I just got to live guard here the Grail uh, with no one else, and so now you got pick the right cup, and then and there's like 19 cups, and uh, so the Nazis get their way in there. Well, Donovan and uh, Elsa, yeah. And I I think it's suggested that Elsa tricks him. Into drinking from yes. a cup. Yeah, she is... knows she knows that that cup's not going to be the right one. Yes, but she wants him dead to get him out of the way because she wants the because grail. She wants the grail. Right. It's not because she's trying to kill a Nazi. And she knows that Indy doesn't really care about actually getting the grail. Yeah. So she can like, ah, oh, if I get him out of the way, maybe I can get the grail and walk out with right. it. Right. Which is her objective overall. Right. So she gets him killed. Given the wrong cup in a great scene. Spooky is scared the shit out of me when I was a oh, kid, man. God, yeah. Watch him like age, uh, like age rapidly into like basically a skeleton in one shot. Yeah. By the way, which Terrifying. Uh, took a lot of work. A lot I, of work. I can only imagine. Uh, they had to combine the effects of I think four different puppets and bunches of other shit to make this effect happen and work uh, and seemingly look like it happens in real time. Uh, excellent. I love this effect. Really well done. Uh, I still prefer the death scene in Raiders, but this is a good second. Yeah, absolutely. These movies got good death scenes in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Even two. Even two. Mm-hmm. Kali Ma is a good death scene. Yeah, it is. That's about it, though. That's about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Minecart scene. So, right after he dies, like, are we gonna get the right one? Indy, Indy and Elsa come to the conclusion pretty quick that it would be a cup fit for a carpenter, because Jesus was a carpenter. They find a carpenter's cup, and then Indy's like, my dad's about to die, and I don't really give a fuck, I'm gonna test this shit. And he does, and it works. He's like, very good. Takes it outside with the water, heals good old Henry. Mm-hmm. 
with it by giving him some to drink and also pouring it on his wound, which instantly cauterizes that bitch up. And now they're invincible and they will never die. Not really, I'm just saying. Now, from what you could infer, the uh, the knight that's there is stuck inside that chamber because he has to continuously drink the grail water in order to not die. You have to keep drinking the grail water, yeah. Which, I guess, just replenishes... It just, like, replenishes your life, basically. No, like, the water itself. And like, the water is just everlasting, yeah. Okay. God shit. <laughs> it's just, like, a deposit of water. The, the thing that, that makes it happen is the cup. Yes. So, obviously, even though the knight says you can't leave with the grail... It's like, you can't leave with the grail, it's it's, it's Try to leave with the grail. Yep, Elsa tries to leave with the grail, and he's like, stop... And the, she doesn't stop. And then the place starts to fucking implode upon itself. Oops. Elsa is about to fall into the, the depths of nothingness. Indy goes to grab her, and she's so obsessed with the grill that she does not grab onto him to grab it and falls to her death. Mm-hmm. Indy then slips off because of this. And, and then basically oh, the same thing happens, almost except same he thing. decides not to go for the grail. And then his dad is like, stop. Let it go. Right. And he's like, uh, okay. And and I think seeing his dad, who was obsessed with this item, saying that to him, convinces him not to, to right. get it. It's like, okay. Uh, all right, but I, I like that they kind of toyed around, it, if just for an instant, the kind of like one ring aspect of it, where it's like this is this super important kind of like power that this thing holds. Yeah. Where it's like, you want it so bad. Uh, they, I mean, not like, they don't explore it literally like the One Ring explores it. Yeah, but like, to. reminds me of it a, a slight bit. Yeah, sure. Gollum falling into the big old pit of uh, lava because of the ring uh, kind of reminds me of this shit, too. It's very similar, actually. yeah. yeah. Although, obviously, that was written before this. So our protagonists make it out. Maybe not how it was in the movie, exactly. So protagonists make it out alive. We get to our final little portion of the movie here where they're kind of talking, goofing around. Yep. Uh, Henry describes that he that he saw the grail and that was enough for him. His lifelong journey is complete. And him and Indy are ready to ride off into the sunset, but not before and now they have where a, his name comes from. And now they have an actual good relationship. Yeah, and then we get some goofing around with Sala and Marcus as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. It's a beautiful little ending that should have been the ending to Indiana Jones as a whole. Right. I really like the sunset closer. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful last Them shot. Them riding off into the sunset on their horses. Great. It's good. It's classic. And then that's that's the you ride off into the sunset character send off. Because from, from what I can tell, they were they were done, right? Yeah, Spielberg was only going to make three movies. Um, That was the original idea. Yeah. But then immediately after it, they were still talking about a fourth one. Wow. And uh, we'll get into that next week. Oh, boy. There's a long storied history of it dating as far back as the early 90s. Yeah, we're going to probably go over it. And uh, Next episode is probably going to be mostly, if not all, indie-focused. I think it could be because we should play Yes, we Fate are going to, before episode, next well. week's episode, we are going to play through Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. I think it's important that as somebody who is watching and loves the Indiana Jones series, that Genhart needs to play this game. I've, I've played it many, many times throughout my life, and I love it to death. As a person who like grew up obsessed with Indiana Jones, this game was the icing on the cake for me before 4 came out. Yeah. Where it's like, in my mind, that was Indiana Jones 4. Okay. Like, this was the next indie. And... It it plays really well with the movies. It has a it has its that that Indiana Jones brand of comedy. It has that that kind of mystique. It's about Atlantis, of course. 
And like, you know, having that, that mystical thing is true kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's cool. I'm interested. Yeah, um, yeah. We're absolutely going to get into it. And and we'll obviously get into the notorious movie that is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh boy. And we'll also get into other aspects of Indiana Jones, past, present, and future. Uh, maybe just do a whole episode about Jonesy to tech cap it off. Maybe we'll talk about other stuff. Side note, this will be the 50th episode of the Gen and Jub show. Oh, shit. And uh, that means we've been doing this for about a year. Yeah. And that's crazy. And yeah, I hope we do it I for another like, year, because it's fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, Thank you all for listening. Watching terrible movies for uh, not always our enjoyment. <laughs> this was a, a great series to choose, though, because with the exception of Temple of Doom, uh, I'm, I've am i looked forward to all of these movies, watching them. Um, and I can't wait to see uh, Crystal Skull again, actually. I'm For real? I'm interested in how it stacks up against Temple I'm interested of Doom. in how it's aged, too, because, like, that's a movie that I think won't necessarily be looked at with, like, it won't be looked at as good ever. Yeah. Because it just had such a negative reception. But, like, maybe it could be looked at as something like Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 was, like, completely just written off and hated as soon as it came out, and everybody talks shit about it for years, and now it's, like, a meme. And certainly there's things about it that you, like, joke about all the time, and are memes all the time. Oh, instantly but when Crystal Skull came out, there was is that a- bad if you rewatch it now? It's not good, but I don't know. Is it worse than, you know, there's way worse Spider-Man movies out there. And in this case, there might be a worse Indiana Jones movie out there. We might have watched it last week. I'm curious to see if I think it's better than Temple of Doom. Absolutely. I really am curious. I definitely ain't going to think it's better than Last Crusade or Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Because those are absolute classics that if we ever, and I hope we do, rank all the movies we've watched, those are going to be near the top. Yeah. 100%. No question. Absolutely. They'll be in the top 10, both of them. Probably. If I had to guess. I mean, we've watched other great movies, too. So. But I think they have to be a shoe-in for the top ten. Raiders top five. Yeah. At least. Absolutely. All right. That's it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.